Well, hello there. This is Evangelist Timothy Gruber here at the Word of the King. Holiness Bibles for the Blind. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 tells us that where the Word of the King is, there is power. We may say unto him, What doest thou? All right. Look up to James in chapter 5. James chapter 5. While you're opening up to that, I'm going to go ahead and read something here entitled Musing with the Lord. The author of this wrote, I hope I'm not ungrateful, Lord. When my way is rough, I want to cry to you and say, Oh, Lord, it is enough. I feel like I'm a burden now. There's little I can do. Don't you think it would be best if I came home to you? I'd rather be in heaven, Lord, where all is joy and peace, where there are no tears and heartaches and pleasures never cease. When I think of you, dear Lord, and the sorrow that you bore, and though I'm old and suffering, I know you suffered more. And then you too knew grief and pain, and there were times you wept. Your soul was filled with sorrow, but in your heart you kept firm resolve that to the cross of suffering you would go to give your life a sacrifice because you love this so. Oh Lord, I'm sorry I complained and I will try to be patient, loving, and content until you send for me. The following prayer is an example of one that you can use as you come to God. There, that last part there, oh Lord, I'm sorry I complained and I will try to be patient, loving, and content you said it for me so specifically here I'm talking about patience patience James 5 starting in chapter 7 I'm going to read all the way down through verse 11 patience therefore brethren unto the coming of the Lord behold the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brother, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Verse 10, Take, my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Verse 11, Behold, to count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, but the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Now, verse 7, Be patient, therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. When I think of patience, be patient, therefore, brethren, I'm reminded of in Galatians chapter 5. Read the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. If we remember in our patience before the Lord, that He is long-suffering to 
us, we're not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance, and he is not slack concerning his promise that some men count slackness. We ourselves, as we seek him for the strength, can receive strength from him to be all the more long-suffering. And long-suffering and patience go hand in hand. For long-suffering will be patient. For patient will be long-suffering. And long-suffering is one of them fruit. So the spirit, against which there is no law, and as we exercise patience before God, as the husband waited for the early and latter rain, we ourselves, by his grace, will find ourselves more willing to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it. Precious fruit of the earth. The Lord Jesus Christ himself in the one gospel Here in the Gospel of St. Mark, spoke concerning time of harvest. Verse 8, be also patient. 
establish your hearts. The coming of the Lord draweth nigh. So again, even as we have Christ himself as our example, and he with patience endured, long-suffering, the wrath of God in our place on the cross, according to Hebrews 12, verse 2, even as we have him as an example, we must seek God for the grace, more grace, to follow his example, to walk as he walked, put him on daily, as the scripture says, seeing ye therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, make no provision for the flesh, like it says in Romans. Remembering as it is written in First Peter, chapter 4, For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind, the mind of Christ. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Again, like we prayed earlier, Jesus himself told us to pray, I can become thy will be done. Verse 3, for the time past, how our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles, when we walk in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that you are not whipped into the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. Verse 5, we should give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. Remembering that as these latter days go on, and the heavenly husband and himself waits for the latter rain, mockers will increase, and they will all the more. I think it's strange that we run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of us. May we, by God's grace, Continue to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Lord, help us. Verse 9 of James 5. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Grudge not one against another. As we uh, prayed earlier, in agreement with our Lord and Savior and the way he encouraged us to pray, forgive us our trespasses and forgive those that have trespassed against us. So, we're exhorted here in James 5, verse 9, grudge not one against another, brother, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Reminded of the exhortation in Ephesians. Chapter 4, verses 29 through 32. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice. Verse 32. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. (laughs) 
comes to this matter of uh, establishing our hearts, establishing our hearts, reminded of where the Lord Jesus Christ himself spoke of that wicked servant who could his Lord had put off his coming and he himself started living like the devil and Jesus himself spoke of that day, meaning the day of his coming, coming upon that wicked servant, unawares. May we not, may we not think for a moment that our God has put off his coming in the manner that that wicked servant did. The book of Hebrews is clear, the word of God is clear in the book of Hebrews that um, he did shall tarry no longer. And we are not of them who draw back on the petition, but of them that believe in the saving of the soul. The Lord's not one against another, brother, unless you be condemned, behold, the judge stand before the door. In the context of the church, when I think of the judge standing before the door, I can't help but be reminded of Laodicea, Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 of Revelation chapter 3. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodicea is right, these things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, thou art neither cold nor hot, I would thou work cold or hot. So that because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not, thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Verse 18, I counseled thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. Verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And he may hear my voice and open the door. I will come into him and will sup with him and eat with me. So, again, the judge says here, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And he may hear my voice and open the door. I will come into him and will sup with him and eat with me. So, the judge standing before the door. And that, the door of the Church of Laodicea. And of course, uh, I trust that we are ourselves resolved to not be lukewarm, nor to be cold, but to be hot for Jesus. Verse 10, James chapter 5. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Uh, uh, his, historical tradition tells us that 
Isaiah, the prophet, himself was smalled in half. I don't know if you would bear witness with that, Kenny, but that's what I was told, and that's what I was informed. And uh, how would you like to be sold in half? <laughs> sold in half. Now, I don't know. He may have already given up the ghost, but the time they did that, I wouldn't give them the benefit of the doubt thinking they were not cool enough to do that, but I'm sure they were cool enough to sell him in half while he was still alive. But uh, anyways, take my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord, for example, suffering affliction and of patience. Well, John the Baptist himself gets his head cut off in the charger and gets paraded around after he has enough courage to confront the king, um, Herod himself, about an adulterous relation before God, in front of the king himself about his sin. You know, John the Baptist would not get along very well in a 501c3 church today because last time I looked in a 501c3 church you're not supposed to confront the king about nothing but then again they serve not the king of kings and lord of lords uh, when they operate in such a manner take my brother and the prophets who have spoken in the name of the lord for example suffering affliction and of patience you know this whole 501c3 Thing, you know, think about it. If you're not going to confront sin, you're not going to judge sin in your own government. How long before you're not going to judge sin in your own life? How long before you're not going to judge sin in the local church? Does it make you wonder these 501c3 churches have gotten so pathetic and don't take a stand on nothing anymore? It truly, truly is uh, the devil's masterpiece, as this one brother described it. Uh, to destroy, to destroy uh, the local churches. So part of uh, being patient, establishing our hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh, is not uh, seeking to really yoke up with any of these uh, 501c3 outfits that call themselves churches. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying that it would be sin. Maybe just you know. Personally, I can't go to one very well. I can't go to one with a pure conscience myself, personally, because I've just seen too much. I've just been taught too much of the Lord, and I realize too much how it, it is so. Uh, the fruit is just so antichrist, and it's so evil. The fruit of it all, you know. But at the same time, it's like you know, can I say dogmatically I would never walk in one, even for just like one week? Go this way. If I went there, uh, I would be going there. I confess. I wouldn't be going there so much to worship the Lord in that context. People talk about, you know, in the context of me wanting to find a wife, you know, about going to certain churches, and I don't even have really the desire to go to such a church even for that purpose. Never mind the fact that I don't believe, you know, we go to church to find a wife. But anyways, what did, uh, they, what did he, a God say through Elijah back there in the day when Israel was, uh, you know, how long I'll between two opinions? Let's not be halt between two opinions here. Let's uh, say no to Caesar. Let's say yes to Jesus Christ. 
the old account of happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord. But the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. I think of Ezekiel and how the Lord told Ezekiel to lay on his side for 365 days, I believe it was. Imagine laying on your side for 365 days, like God told him. Ezekiel would do that. You're talking about patience. Talk about patience. Then think of Jeremiah, caught up there in the dungeon, in the context there, the account as it is in Jeremiah. Prophet Jeremiah. Think of the prophet Moses out there in the wilderness for all them years prior to finally being called forth to confront that prince known as Pharaoh. Think of all that he endured leading Israel out of Egypt through the wilderness. God of Israel all the while his strength. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Reminded of where Jesus Christ said, Happy are ye. Keep these things. Word of God declares here, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. We count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job. Patience of Job. All that Job went through, that we read of, and yet, he could say with all assurance, I know that my Redeemer liveth. That he shall stand for the latter day upon the earth. And though after my flesh forms destroy this body, yet in my and though after my skin warms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Whom I shall see for myself and not another. So we have that assurance that if we give up the ghost before the trumpet sounds, our body goes back to dust. So after our skin worms destroy this body, it shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be fully conformed to the glorious image of our Redeemer as Job himself. What's it say there in First John? Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. So may we seek the Lord for the grace to purify ourselves in patience. Considering the patience of Job, having seen the end of the Lord, the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. I remind there of how it says in the book of Psalms, that the 
Father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Thank the Lord for his pity. Thank the Lord for his tender mercy toward us. And start to wind down here. Consider this here. Jump down here a couple of verses to verse 17 of James 5. Prophet Elijah, Elias, was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth but the space of three years and six months. Verse 18, and he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Even as we're told in verse 16, that the effectual fruit of prayer of a righteous man availeth much. May we, by faith, pray and cry out to the heavenly husbandman for that rain, for that latter rain. For that latter rain to rain forth abundantly for his honor, for his glory in these latter days. And may we be willing continually to submit to him, go wherever he says go, do whatever he says do, knowing that he is faithful to work to will and to do with us at his good pleasure. That he which hath begun a good work in us will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Knowing that he is able to establish our hearts in the manner in which we're commanded to be patient and establish our hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. May we look to the Lord. May we look to the Lord God, Almighty Himself, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, to establish our hearts, knowing that his coming draweth nigh. No, he did tarry shall at one point tarry no longer. As it is written, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Verse 39, But we are not of them who draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Verse 37 of Hebrews 10, For yet a little while, he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. And in conclusion, we have this exhortation in Titus chapter 2. The grace of God, verse 11 of Titus chapter 2. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 14, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Verse 15, these things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Oh, we're told, but as many as are the works of the law are under the curse. For cursed be everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. We're told in the book of Galatians. Oh, but here it is. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Repent ye and believe the gospel. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, shall cleanse you from all sin. For if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Menial, mortal, sin, whatever you call it, all unrighteousness. God is faithful to forgive those who 
confess their sins to him through faith in Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection alone, for by grace he is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. Call upon the Lord today. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover. Till next time, God bless you and yours.